Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to From both sides of the 49th parallel. This is American Uck Radio with Mike Phillip. Welcome back to American Uck Radio, everybody. This is Mike Phillip coming at you live from the 51st. Lots to go through today. It's cold. It's really cold here in uh, the 51st state. New listeners, uh, I often refer to Alberta as the 51st state. I'm a, I've been an advocate for this territory that I live in, cutting ties with the confederation known as Canada for a long time and joining the union. And the reason for that is because, uh, well, the majority of this province was actually settled by Americans coming up during the cattle drives to settle the West. <clears throat> and Canada has been uh, really abusive towards these uh, Western provinces uh, in a big way for, for a long time now. I don't understand uh, why my countrymen feel any kind of uh, compunction to stay attached to Canada whatsoever. There's just no... No profit. Uh, we're going to be going through a few things today. A uh, wrestler from Ottawa was in a match down in Texas. This is posted on AmericanHuckRadio.com. And he took to stabbing the referee in the head with a spike. And uh, he he claims he thought it was part of the deal. <laughs> I was just, it was part of the show. I thought he was in on it. That's what he gets paid for. It's uh, it's almost like somebody took the whole wrestling's not fake thing just a little too far. A little too far. Four Canadian soldiers are challenging the vaccine mandate in federal court. We're going to talk about that. I've reached out to the lawyer that is covering that case here in Edmonton, waiting to hear back from them. And uh, it's crazy. Uh, you can be kicked out of the military for not getting vaccinated here in Canada, but uh, 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 like 100% of the senior leadership is under investigation for sexual assault claims. That does not get you kicked out. That's fine. 
And in all fairness to them, uh, with some feminists these days, even looking at them funny is sexual assault. Human remains found 40 years ago, identified as a member of the uh, rhythm and blues band, the OJs. They, f- they found remains of an OJ. <clears throat> Good job, guys. Uh, a Alberta justice grants divorced mom the right to vaccinate kids against their father's wishes. This is happening all over the place. And I'm at the point where I just, I, I, I can't stand talking about vaccinations and pandemics, whether they're phony or real. It, it's at the point where uh, I, I've heard it all. And, and you're probably the same way. You've heard it all. You've made your decision. Uh, I don't want it. I do want it. I want every. I, I was watching global news this morning. I had it on in kind of in the background, and I happened to glance over. They had a graphic on the screen that said there are seventy cases of the Omicron variant among people who are fully vaccinated, and four cases among non-vaccinated. So there you go, right there. Get the vaccine, you get the Fagatron variant. Like clockwork. That's just how it goes. Canada is threatening to impose tariffs on the United States if the new uh, electric vehicle tax credit is approved by the Biden administration. Remember when everybody was freaking out because the Trump administration was putting tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum and the deputy prime minister, Christia Freeland, went down to Ottawa, skipped out on a NAFTA negotiation, well, I guess the USMCA now, in order to go to a feminist anti-Trump rally in Toronto where a bunch of Canadian women were saying, Trump is not my president. Go figure. China. Chinese foreign ministry is uh, claiming that uh, U.S. soldiers guilty of uh, war crimes will be brought to justice. That's right. Beijing is going to go and uh, prosecute U.S. soldiers uh, that have been sitting in uh, ADCO trailers in Langley, Virginia, drone striking civilians in Afghanistan. Uh, China did not say if they'll be going after their own people that are putting people in concentration camps for being Muslim to this day. But... Meat kettle. That's that's the pot calling the kettle, the kettle yellow is what that is. Uh, we have an interesting science uh, study. This is science. You need, to, you need to respect the science. Behind earworms. How is it that a song gets in your brain and wrecks your day? Now, we also have the top 20 earworm picks according to science. New study shows that uh, Americans are at a point where divisions in politics and just beliefs in general are at the point where they can never come back. A polarization tipping point. Everybody hates each other. And uh, even if aliens attack the United States of America, people would not be able to agree on whose side they're on. That's science. And, and I've been involved in those conversations. I tend to leave them out of family gatherings although most people generally agree with me. I just have very popular opinions. I can't help it. With that, let's launch American Oc Radio on Mojo 5 program, please stand by. Start. 
share the longest, straightest, and possibly boringest border. Allies. There needs to be some common sense injected into the equation. And now, here's your host of American Act Radio, Mike Filler. Does anybody here listening remember Stampede Wrestling out of Calgary, Alberta? Stampede Wrestling was, uh, it was huge. I mean, uh, some of the biggest stars in the WWF. Uh, which had to change their name to the WWE because they were sued by the World Wildlife Fund. Just about all of the biggest stars in it came from Calgary. And this was the theme song. with another edition of the Stampede Wrestling Show. And that was Ed Whalen, the announcer. He would always start the show the same way. Now, make no mistake about it, wrestling on TV is stupid uh, and and completely unintentionally funny. And uh, Stampede Wrestling was no exception. When I was a kid, uh, we used to go to Stampede Wrestling in a town called Medicine Hat, right down, uh, r- right near the uh, Montana border, actually. And I was the guy that would uh, always mess with the wrestlers, like, all the time. It, it was funny because they hated each other's guts. They would beat the crap out of each other. You could see the blood capsules flying out of their hair, and they were covered in it in the ring. And, uh, yeah, the Hearts. That's right. Stu Hart started Stampede Wrestling. I'm just looking at the American Act Radio rebooted Chat room, Deb in Texas, or uh, Ryan W., sorry, in Red Deer, Alberta, says, yeah, I remember that. Stu Hart, Owen Hart, remember when Owen Hart was killed, dropped on his head? When we used to go to wrestling when I was a kid, there was uh, wrestlers that would pretend that they were really effeminate and faggy on the camera. One of them was named Rip Rogers, and I was in junior high, and I figured that because Rip Rogers always acted like he was gay and had pink, hot pink trunks when he went in the ring, I thought that meant that I could most likely kick his ass. So, one time, when I was at wrestling, Rip Rogers was walking down this hallway with his little entourage toward the ring, and me being the genius that I am, thinking that he was this effeminate dude on TV, uh, I reached out my foot and tripped him. He stumbled. Uh, he caught himself, turned around and looked at me, and I split, man. I run. <laughs> I ran into the foyer, and uh, I thought I was home free till I turned around, and uh, there was Rip Rogers. He caught up with me, picked me up by the throat, and said, if you ever do that again, kid, I'll kill you. So uh, that whole effeminate thing, that was just an act, okay? And uh, those guys were a lot bigger in real life than they were on TV. And I said, okay. And then he threw me across the foyer, and uh, I went skittering across the floor, and my friends all went, yeah! They thought that was great. Well, 
I, I, I'm, I'm uh, segueing into the story with all of that. Canadian wrestler's been banned by a U.S. pro wrestling circuit after <clears throat> stabbing a referee in the head with a spike during a show in Texas over the weekend. That's reasonable. The Ottawa-born Devin Nicholson, 39 years old, who goes by the ring name Blood Hunter. He hunts blood and uh, has used Hannibal in the past. Yes, Hannibal. Uh, had just lost his world-class pro wrestling match in Irving, Texas on Saturday. Following the match, Nicholson attacked the referee, Lando Del Toro, and got him down on the mat. Put a choke hold on Del Toro and produced a spike. Does not say if it was a railroad spike or what, uh, but he stabbed him in the head till he started bleeding, and uh, that's what you did. Blood Hunter. A female wrestler jumped in the ring to get Nicholson off Del Toro, who was bleeding profusely. He was eventually dragged out of the ring. Jerry Bostick, the CEO of World Class Pro Wrestling, released a statement via Facebook on Sunday announcing the ban. <clears throat> World Class moving forward will not be associated with Devin Nicholson in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I cannot will not condone what happened Saturday night. I didn't see the actual incident. I didn't see anything until I came out and Lando was laying on the ground. It was one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. Fans weren't happy with the bloody ring attack on the defenseless ref. I lost all respect for Hannibal after seeing the video and hearing the first two accounts shared Mark ran in a comment on YouTube. He can't be trusted with the lives of other talent. Oh yeah, you like the violence when it's fake, huh? You don't like the real stuff though. I'm disgusted by this, wrote Kyle Damron in another comment. This is not what pro wrestling should be about. It should be more like uh, the Young and the Restless or General Hospital. It's too much violence in wrestling. <laughs> According to TMZ, Nicholson claimed the ref was hired to bleed. That was his job to get stabbed in the head with a spike uh, with the aid of a razor following the match. When he didn't, that's when the wrestler pulled out the spike. See, if you if you uh, if you go to a wrestling match and somebody else forgets their razor, make sure you bring a spike. What happened? This referee was supposed to bleed from razor blade cuts. I assume he actually cut himself with the razor blades. If he'd known the ref was legitimately injured, not putting on a show, he said I, I would have stopped stabbing them in the head with a railroad spike. He gave <laughs> he gave no indication to me. Zero. Nothing. He, he didn't say that uh, he wasn't just selling it and was actually hurt when I was stabbing him in the head. Uh, Nicholson claimed he apologized to Del Toro. He knows I didn't mean to hurt him when I was stabbing him in the head with a spike. Come on. Come on, man. After getting stitched up, Del Toro was resting at home one Sunday and uh, shared that he was still in pain, but he was going to be okay. I am recovering at home. I'm a bit fizzy and pain. And yeah, a lot of pain, said Del Toro. But I'll live. Thank you for the outpouring of the love and the support. On Tuesday, Del Toro revealed he also acquired a blood infection, which he said the doctors feel was likely caused from paint on the metal spike. Uh-huh. So if you want to check out more from Nicholson, he's a Canadian YouTube personality who runs the, the Hannibal TV channel. Also former national champion in freestyle wrestling and qualified 
as an alternate Olympian in the heavyweight division for the London 2012 Olympics. Now, I'd like to ask you a question on a side note. Do you think that people should be killed, executed publicly, for listening to K-pop? I'm kind of with North Korea on this one. I got to say, going in. And this is only Weighing finished. 271 pounds, Jesse the Body Ventura. American Radio. I'm former governor of Minnesota and pro wrestler Jesse Ventura. I once came close to killing a predator. This is the chopper! I'm here to tell you that if you listen to America Nuck Radio, it'll turn you into a goddamn mojo sexual. Mm, check it out. I get more beautiful looking every day. Yeah. I got the body. I was going to grab a stupid K-pop song for this next story. The problem with that is that uh, K-pop music sucks so bad that even when it is uh, a parody of K-pop, it still sucks. But there's no accounting for taste. So you know what? We'll just go with size Gangnam Style. Stupid, stupid song. I don't know how anybody can listen to this crap. North Korea has publicly executed at least seven people in the past decade for watching or distributing K-pop videos from South Korea as it cracks down on what its leader, King Jong-un, calls a vicious cancer, according to a human rights report released on Wednesday. Listen to this. I don't know. I'm kind of with North Korea on this. (laughs) I don't know how you can listen to this crap. It sucks. The group, Transitional Justice Working Group, which is based in Seoul, interviewed 683 North Korean defectors since 2015 to help map places in the north where people were killed and buried in state-sanctioned public executions. In its latest report, the group said it had documented 23 such executions under Mr. Kim's government. I don't know if I agree with executing them, but this music is definitely awful. Since taking power a decade ago, Mr. Kim has attacked South Korean entertainment, songs, movies, and TV dramas, which he says corrupts North Koreans' minds. Under a law adopted last December, those who distribute South Korean entertainment can face the death penalty. One tact of Mr. Kim's uh, clampdown has been to create an atmosphere of terror by publicly executing people found to be guilty of watching or circulating the banned content. I'm on the fence. It remains impossible to find out the true scale of public executions in the isolated totalitarian state, but Transitional Justice Working Group focused on executions that have taken place since Mr. Kim ascended on those that have uh, occurred in Haishan, 
North Korean city, a major trading hub on the border with China. Thousands of North Korean defectors to South Korea have lived in or passed through Haesan. The city of 200,000 people is the main gateway for outside information, including South Korean entertainment stored on computer memory sticks and bootlegged across the border from China. As such, Haesan has become a focus in Mr. Kim's efforts to stop the deadly infiltration of this. See, that's how free we are here in North America. You can listen to K-pop on North America and not be killed. Ain't democracy great? (laughs) Of the seven executions for watching or distributing South Korean videos, all but one took place in Haesan. The report says the six in Haesan occurred between 2012 and 14. Citizens were mobilized to watch the scene where officials called the condemned social evil before they were each put to death by a total of nine shots fired by three soldiers. A little over the top. Beats getting stabbed in the head by Blood Hunter. But it's their country. Now, what I would like to point out is that, you know, we tend to look at these stories and think that uh, we're a super advanced society and better. We would never do that here. Uh, look at the guys in jail over January 6th. I, I had the Stu Peter show on yesterday, and uh, he was interviewing one of the inmates that's in there for January 6th. And I, I don't know how that sounds a lot different from North Korea, to be quite honest with you. I really don't. Then again, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Who knows? Maybe I just know too much or not enough. In the Great White North, on the other side of the 49th parallel, a federal court is scheduled to hear arguments today from four Canadian military members facing disciplinary action for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Like I said, I'm tired of talking about vaccines and I'm tired of talking about COVID, tired of the Omicron variant. Chief of Defense Jane uh, sorry, General Wayne Eyre, I almost said Jane Eyre, <laughs> ordered all armed force members to uh, be vaccinated by the end of November or face remedial measures, including possible dismissal from the military. That deadline has since been extended to December 18th, so three days from now. The order follows a similar requirement for all federal public servants as the Liberal government sought to set an example for all Canadians. To get vaccinated, Air has also said his order is intended to protect the military during the pandemic. You know those guys that are trained to kill people and blow things up? 
right? We can send them into Afghanistan for no clear objective. You know, I, I know so many people, just myself personally, that had their life absolutely ruined by Afghanistan. And I, I'm talking families destroyed, people's brains turned into mush, and not because they were hit with a shell or shot, but just destroyed. I'm guessing that there's a lot of homeless uh, U.S. military, former, all over America, on the street, unable to uh, get back into civilian life. And for what? In fact, there's more suicides than uh, killed in action. If my kids were going to join the military, I'd tell them, don't do it. Don't do it. In a sworn affidavit, the four service members challenging the order say that they are opposed to getting the vaccine for different reasons, including concerns about its long-term safety on religious grounds. What What are your religious grounds? For not getting the vaccine. That's that's what I would like to know from people. I mean, do you have a deep-seated belief that you had since you were a child? Is there some holy scripture that you have that uh, says specifically, what, what is your religious reason for not getting a vaccine? Because I, I think there's a lot of people who just suddenly got very religious and have no track record whatsoever and couldn't prove that they do. Maybe I'm being judgy. I don't know. I do not have confidence in the government's declaration that they are safe and effective. Lieutenant Colonel Ilo Antonio Neri states, good Canadian name. More specifically, I do not believe the trials have accurately discovered and assessed all potential long-term effects of the vaccines. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Uh, No should be enough. Not... Even just aside from any kind of religious or medical exemption, how about just, I said no, huh? No means no. While AIR's order allows for exemption on medical, religious, and human rights grounds, Edmonton lawyer Catherine Christensen, who's representing the four military members, told the Canadian press their requests were all rejected. Even though the uh, head of the military said that they could do that, They uh, turned around and said, no, you can't. Four service members argue that not only are their constitutional rights being violated, but the threat of dismissal is extreme. During my time in the Canadian Air Force, I've seen members convicted of serious offenses like rape and not removed from the service. Warrant Officer Morgan Christopher Warren states in an affidavit, Government lawyers have submitted hundreds of pages of documents to support their arguments that vaccines are indeed safe and effective. You can believe it. A lawyer said so. They have also argued that if the four service members are unhappy, they should file a grievance with the military, which will go nowhere. But Christensen argues that that would be inappropriate given the order was handed down by the military's top commander. If the federal court grants her request for a temporary injunction, she plans to apply for the court to hear the case in full. And I've reached out to her to bring her on the show to talk about it, just like other lawyers that are fighting against all this stuff that we've had on in the past. And uh, I hope she gets back to me. We'll see what happens. The four uh, Armed Forces members aren't the first to challenge the federal vaccine requirements. Earlier this month, the federal court refused 
to grant an injunction for dozens of federal bureaucrats who are also facing potential dismissal for having refused to get the shot. Defense Department spokesman Daniel Labute says approximately 98% of service members have reported being vaccinated, with the majority of those have not yet reported being reservists or people on leave. Another 800 members have applied for medical, religious, or human rights exemptions, though Laboutillier could not say how many have been approved as officials are continuing to push more people to get vaccinated before the the, the, the December 18th deadline. My record skipped. Laboutillier said the military will not dismiss any members until remedial measures have been exhausted and that the first of those forced dismissals are not expected until January due to necessary administrative delays in the process. He added, at any point during that process, members can change their mind and go get the shot, at which time the member becomes compliant with the CDS directive and the conclusion of remedial measures should be considered. Now, I was going through the comments on this, and uh, people are saying, Good, don't do it. Quit, leave. Uh, and, and this is not the first time that we've had an example of uh, Canadian military members being treated terribly by senior staff and the federal government. Uh, it goes on and on and on. But I'll tell you what the politicians here do like to do. They love to put out a wreath on Remembrance Day and say, thank you for your service. Now we're going to kick you in the nuts for the rest of your life and go back on all the promises we gave you. So it's a lot like the U.S. military in some aspects. We'll be back with more American Ock Radio after this commercial break. Stick around. Recently discovered in a small subsection of the Green New Deal, the United States Air Force is moving away from conventional explosive ordnance. Being considered to replace these terrible weapons are more ecologically friendly weapons, such as cat coolers, to be used like anvils in a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. Recently declassified audio from deep inside Cheyenne Mountain. Tenderville, come quick. The Chinese have taken over the island beachhead. What should we do? Release the cat coolers! The first cat cooler dropped, activated a volcano on impact. The cooler still has ice in it and was used as a life raft by 26 island refugees. China has signaled their unconditional surrender, and it is anticipated that the cat cooler will never again be used in such a destructive way. What? China surrendered, G.I. Joe! No more drop a cat cooler! No coolers were harmed in the making of this ad, but the island is a total loss. Cat coolers does not recommend dropping coolers from planes, but the video is really cool, and it's still illegal to smuggle cat. Catcoolers.com. Catcoolers.com. G'day, mates. Tech Roo here on location in Australia in search of a rare and elusive wild hare. Most think you would find him when the sun don't shine, but we will find him right here in this primitive Aboriginal outback. I would never consider an excursion like this without my Patriot Supply survivor gear in my pouch. No, not that pouch. I don't have a pouch. In my backpack. Besides the four-week emergency food supply kit that's back at home from preparewithmojo50.com, I've got an emergency blanket, my one-size-fits-all poncho, my snake bite kit, and my Alexa Pure Survival Spring Straw. Crikey! There's the wall here now! 
I need a beaut. What's up, Dad? Find some great deals at preparewithmojo50.com. December 16th, 1773. And now, what really happened at the Boston Tea Party? <laughs> what are they doing? They're throwing all the king's tea and coffee in the harbor to protest taxation without representation. Do you think we should stop them? I really like my car. Come on, it's not American Pride Roasters. Yeah, that would be a Trevor mockery. American Pride Roasters, the choice coffee of real American patrons for over 250 years. That's right. Get yours today at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. And cut. I, I don't think APR has been around quite that long, guys. Well, but what we do know for sure is that no APR coffee was thrown into the Boston Harbor in 1773. Hmm. So, therefore, using transitive properties, since they didn't throw any in the harbor, clearly they liked it best. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com. about to get real and you really need a plan and you need people on board there's only one place to be sunday long live radio 5 a.m eastern 10 a.m uk on mojo 50 radio america Nuck radio i would say the world's most underrated radio shows america Nuck radio this guy mike phillip is brilliant i listen to him every day Love your show. I, I really do. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing what you're doing. America Radio. To the second segment of Hour One of American Uck Radio. I really like studyfinds.org. Not because it's always particularly useful. Once in a while they nail it, though. Political polarization in the United States may be reaching an irreversible tipping point. And I'm sure that all of you hearing my voice today have people that you're related to who don't talk to you anymore 
on Facebook, whatever, because you're just, you're so wrong, and I, I can't like you. I can't be civil to you. I can't, I just can't even. Talking politics during the holidays can turn family gatherings into hostile debates quickly, very fastly like. While most people eventually forgive and forget these political disagreements, is there a point of no no return where Americans can no longer coexist with each other? I think there is. And uh, this, this division has been deliberately sown among the American people. Deliberately. A new study by researchers at Cornell University finds that there might, maybe, possibly be an actual tipping point where no issue imaginable can unite Republicans and Democrats ever again. It's the same thing with conservatives and liberals in Canada. Although, hmm, Canadian conservatives are basically liberal light. Uh, They're definitely not like their constituents or their base. And so a lot of people are turning away from them. Uh, Their findings reveal that at this point, extreme polarization becomes irreversible. Irreversible. There's just no going back. The team's predictive model for measuring the behavior of a polarized political group like the current U.S. Senate shows that even an attack by a foreign power or another pandemic would not heal the political divide. Uh, USA should just change its name to SA because it's not united. Hey, SA, instead of uniting against a common threat, the threat itself becomes yet another polarizing issue, says lead author Michael Macy, director of the Social Dynamics Laboratory in the College of Arts and Sciences in a university release. We found that polarization increases incrementally only up to a point, Macy adds. Above this point, there's a sudden change in the very fabric of the institution, like the change from water to steam when the temperature exceeds the boiling point. I'd say we're there. I had I had a relative in South Carolina go off on me about five years ago, uh, well, probably six years ago, on Facebook. I, I hadn't talked to this woman in a long time, a long time. I, I, she's a cousin of mine. And she said, if anybody challenged my daughter for using the men's room, they're going to have to deal with me. And I was thinking, now I know why we don't talk more. Researchers say their work builds on an earlier political model that study co-author Boleslaw Zemansky created to examine the two-party political system. That model looked at 30 years of correct uh, congressional voting records, correctly predicting the shift in political polarization among 28 out of 30 U.S. Congresses. The new model stimulates the behavior of 100 politicians within a legislature like the Senate, who have varying opinions on 10 extremely divisive issues, including gun control and abortion. Uh, <laughs> abortion is something that uh, I, I'm not a fan of, okay? I don't like abortion. I had uh, a friend of mine 
Guy that I respect, actually, one time asked me, what are your thoughts on abortion? I said, I don't like it. And he said, how could you tell a woman what she can do with her body? And I'm like, you asked. If you ask me what my thoughts are on something, you have to be uh, reconciled with the possibility that I might have a contrary position to yours. See, that? And that's what I'm talking about. He immediately got upset. And it's like, I don't have to like abortion. Abortion is never a happy, somber occasion, okay? It was always preceded by a terrible decision, all right? So there. And gun control, don't get me started. Over time, the model shows the lawmakers shift their positions on issues according to the influence of like-minded allies and arguments with partisan opponents. The team also manipulated their control parameters to see how political intolerance, party identity, and the strength of an outside threat impacts the political system. At each mile marker in time, the Cornell model recorded two specific measures of political polarization, partisan division, and ideological extremism. Study authors describe political division as the typical differences of opinion between each party. Meanwhile... The model calculated the level of extremism based on the range of far-left and right-wing positions lawmakers have on a particular issue. I'm going to ban your lawnmower. Results show that uh, at any level below the critical point of polarization, the researchers could reverse the political unrest by dialing down their control parameters. However... Once that political polarization reaches the tipping point, the study authors failed to ease the unrest no matter what variables they changed. It just doesn't matter after a certain point. The uh, hatred has gone past the point where it's even a debate anymore. You can't even look at the other person without uh, anger and wrath inside your heart. This even includes the national response to a common threat like war or disease. I mean, we've definitely seen that in the last little while. The process resembles a meltdown in a nuclear reactor, Macy explains. Up to a point, technicians can bring the core temperature down by increasing the flow of water used to cool the reactor. But if the temperature goes critical, there's a runaway reaction that cannot be stopped. And I think that's where Canada and the United States are heading. Our study shows that something very similar can happen in a political reactor. The voters are like the nuclear technicians. It's up to us to bring the political temperature back down before it's too late. <laughs> I can't see that happening in Canada, to be quite honest with you. We see this very disturbing pattern in which a shock brings people a little bit closer initially. But if polarization is too extreme, eventually the effects of a shared fate are swamped by the existing divisions and people become divided even on the shock issue. Adds Szymanski, the director of the Army Research Laboratory Network Science and Technology Center at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. If we reach that point, we cannot unite even in the face of war, climate change, pandemics, or other challenges to the survival of our society. At a certain point, the survival of society just doesn't matter anymore. And... Things completely and totally break down, even if you have a Lamborghini dealership in Chicago. You just can't get anything done. (laughs) 
And I had a sound bite, but my computer isn't playing it right away, so we have to wait for it to catch up. And uh, that's where that's where we're at today. Wow, I, I just had a total, complete equipment freeze up. Big time. And uh, these things happen. And, and that's why I don't pre-record because, uh, in fact, it's great when things like this happen. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I mean, but but look at the the uh, pandemic, right? You have people right now openly calling for their countrymen to be killed and put in concentration camps if they don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, we see that all the time. Look at this tornado in Kentucky that just happened, right? Well, not just Kentucky, but across several states. I mean... You had the head of communications for the Democrat Party in Kentucky come out and, uh, well, said some things to another Democrat politician. He just said, shut your mouth. People are dead. Now, I think I got my soundbite working. Let's see if we can jump back to that. No, we can't. My computer is completely frozen. Guess I should have reset it before we went live today. Oh, yeah. Now I'm getting the uh, pages unresponsive. Here we go. Pick up and just want to leave Chicago because of this, honestly. It's certainly one of my thoughts. If he, if they can't do that, I have a place in the suburbs. The police are wonderful. The, there's no crime out there. People don't want to come into this city. A Gold Coast luxury car dealership targeted in a smash and grab theft. The suspects making off with millions of dollars in goods. Nate Rogers spoke with the dealership's owner you just heard there. Nate joins us now live. Nate? Yeah, that's right, Natalie. That dealership owner furious tonight calling out no Lightfoot and state's attorney Kim Fox saying something must be done also. Lori Lightfoot is slowly turning into the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's the weirdest thing. Those shoppers here along the Mag Mile today remaining on high Wow, the internet is really bad today. Really bad. <laughs> That's what you get when you go live, though. Let's see if we can get the sound bite to work. He was smart enough not to raise that gun because my people had guns. Bold thieves, another smash and grab, again caught on surveillance. And I hear this pow, pow. And then the guy broke the glass, and I see like these guys running toward him. And the guy dropped the watches, some of them that he carried in the bag, and the other guy had a gun with him there. Check it out. So, okay, you're stealing uh, watches, right? You're stealing Rolexes or uh, whatever, right? I'll tell you what. If that's your plan on getting ahead in life, you go ahead and steal that watch. And even if you make twenty grand off of selling a $100,000 watch online, Guess what? You're still going to be broke. All the rioting and looting that happened after the George Floyd incident, I bet you, I just bet you that every single one of the people that looted stores for shoes and weaves and T-shirts, I bet you they're still poor, but they don't get it. Out the first guy entering the store, his partner in crime following behind, both masked and wearing hoodies. As one guy breaks the jury glass, his friend near the exit armed with what employees say was a gun. Less than 20 seconds, the owner says eight luxury watches were stolen. If he raised that gun, he'd have got shot. We'd have probably been in court defending ourselves. Yeah, you would have gone to jail if you shot somebody for walking into your luxury car dealership 
and uh, stealing things in Lori Lightfoot, Chicago. But that's Democrat-run Illinois for you. And my little deal here to get Alberta out of Canada, the rest of Illinois wants uh, to get away from Chicago, too. And I say good on them. But he would have got shot. The brazen robbery happening around 12 noon Saturday at the popular Gold Coast Auto Gallery along Rush Street. Ten customers were inside, including small children. There's been times where you'll see cops ahead and you're like, do we need to go there? Right. Is there an issue? Is there I don't want to put myself in danger. Now, police patrols were already heightened this weekend after teenagers flooded downtown last Saturday. There were carjackings, shootings, and even a CTA bus driver attacked. 20 teens were arrested. Meanwhile, back at the dealership, at least for now, even during working hours, the doors will be locked with service by appointment only. The mayor and Kim Fox have to take a firm stand. It is wrong for someone to walk in, break into a place. If they get caught, they get let out. Now, no suspects are in custody at this time. Detectives right now are still combing through that surveillance footage, trying to identify the men involved. Fortunately, there were no injuries. We're live along the Meg Mile. Nate Rogers, Fox 32, Chicago. Live from the Magnificent Mile in Chicago. You just can't have nice stuff anymore, America. And I, I know what you're thinking. Where was law enforcement? Where were they? Well... This just in, FBI agents lied under oath about sleeping with prostitutes and distributing drugs while on the job. That's where they were. <laughs> they, they weren't looking to prosecute people for breaking into a Lamborghini dealership. No. Several FBI officials have been caught up in an investigation revealing many of them solicited prostitutes while on taxpayer-funded overseas business trips. Well, I mean, just the fact that you had to ask in the first place, of course they were going to lie. According to the Department of Justice, four FBI officials uh, got on with prostitutes while posted overseas, while a fifth also tried to, and all but one lacked candor. (laughs) Uh, During interviews and lie detector tests, that's what the FBI is doing. They're uh, lie detector testing their own people. Two of the agents allegedly provided a package containing approximately 100 white pills to a foreign law enforcement officer, according to the federal agency. Well, they should have just locked them up. I mean, that's what they do in foreign countries over drugs, right? In fact, a lot of countries, you can be killed for selling drugs, especially to a foreign law enforcement officer. Ah, that's your FBI for you, though, hey? Two of the five individuals described in the report have resigned. Two of them have retired. One was fired. They're now selling drugs. There was also a sixth individual in the document who allegedly failed to report their colleagues' behavior to superiors, and the FBI is saying it will take all appropriate disciplinary actions against the employee. In a public statement, the FBI said it appreciates the Office of Inspector General's thorough investigation into the reported misconduct by several former employees. We've already completed numerous measures during the OIG's investigation to ensure this type of behavior never happens again. Yes, and I believe that it never will. 
The majority of our personnel, wherever they're stationed, represent the FBI with the utmost honor and respect, the Bureau added. We will not tolerate these few individuals <coughs> who chose to disregard their oath and the public we serve, tarnishing the good work the rest of the FBI accomplishes each and every day. I don't know. That's not what I'm hearing from most Americans. That's not what I'm hearing about the FBI. Just a few weeks ago, a BuzzFeed Freedom of Information Act lawsuit revealed at least 10 CIA employees and contractors have committed sex crimes involving children, with only one of them being charged with any crime. I mean, if you were a sexual offender, uh, that's where you'd want to be, right? The guys that investigate that sort of thing. You know, we talk about uh, miscarriages of justice on this show a lot because there's a lot of that going on. But nobody should be surprised that that's happening. Nobody should be surprised that that's happening at all. Because if you look at the current generation that's coming along, can you imagine when these kids that are fuzzy on the concept of what, uh, how many genders there are get into uh, political leadership and law enforcement? I mean, you think it's bad now? Well, it's going to get worse. As for me, I'm fine. I am. I, I actually, uh, during the last two years, this whole pandemic thing, my life has gotten better and better. Politics aside, injustice be damned. I'm looking at the time. We're coming up on the end of the first hour of American Oc Radio. We're going into a network break very soon. If you are listening for the first time, head over to AmericanOcRadio.com and click on the ad with the uh, hat. You can see the cat in the hat, Chet in Alabama, wearing his 51st state seal hat, $25 in a uh, donation at the PayPal link. We'll get you a 51st state hat. You've got to put your name in, though. And don't forget, Fridays are Rock Friday on American Oc Radio. By the way, I am going to be appearing on the Stu Peter Show this Friday. I spoke with his producer, Lauren, this morning. And we have booked the time. So that's going to be happening as well. Big thanks to everybody that's reached out to me from the first appearance. And uh, we're very thankful to Stu for uh, lending us that opportunity on his platform. And uh, I, I told him, I said, I don't want to talk about American Oc Radio. I want to talk about what's happening in my church because I spend enough time talking about uh, politics and pandemics and vaccines. He talks about that enough, too. So. I figured it'd be fresh to talk about the fantastic things that God is doing here in uh, our little church, which is totally non-denominal. We don't even have a name for our church. We just get together and try to emulate what the Book of Acts church did, and the signs are definitely following. It's happening, people! You can have it. Now listen, if you are not a fan of of drugs and surgery for healing. Dr. Glidden has an online program for non-drug and surgery, surgery, medical healing with nutrition. It drives me crazy that everybody online is a doctor these days. And a lot of times they have absolutely no clue what they're talking about. But there is an actual way of doing it using vitamins, minerals, and amino and fatty acids that you can come back from most 
health issues. No drugs, no surgery. Drugs, 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 which are good and which are bad. Don't do drugs, kids. But here, take these drugs. Line up at the nurse's office to get your select serotonin reuptake inhibitors so your parents find you hanging in a closet. Side effects include, if you don't want to be another statistic, head over to AmericanHockRadio.com and click on the ad with Dr. Peter Glidden. You can also buy the best supplements on the planet by hitting the store button at AmericanHockRadio.com. Going into a network break with Town Hall News for Mojo 50 and WBM 324. American Hawk Radio will be right back. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. President Biden is in Kentucky. Looking at the death and destruction those wicked tornadoes left behind and how people are dealing with it. Julie Walker reports. More than 88 people are dead across five states, most of them in Kentucky. Residents of one housing complex in Bowling Green are mourning the death of 14 of their neighbors, including seven children. Toys, diapers, baby bottles are strewn everywhere, mixed with mangled cars and bits of pulverized building material. Ronnie Ward with the Bowling Green Police Department says it's devastating to sift through. You get this work done and then you come across a, a, a wagon and you think, you know, that's associated with a child somewhere and did that child live? I'm Julie Walker. Cleanup underway after a powerful storm swept through California, setting rainfall records in the drought-stricken state, but also triggering rescue efforts on a raging river and in canyon communities hit by mudslides. The National Weather Service reporting remarkable rainfall, including 11 inches over 72 hours That was just north of San Francisco. Also at townhall.com, the House has cleared legislation to raise the debt limit through next year's midterm elections, staving off an unprecedented federal default just in time for the deadline set by the Treasury Department. Bernie Bennett with that story. The bill, which lawmakers passed 221 to 209, with one Republican voting yes, raises the federal debt ceiling by $2.5 trillion to increase the limit to close to $31 trillion. Congressional leaders say the new level will allow the nation to continue to meet its financial obligations through 2022 and into 2023. The debt limit hike does not authorize new spending. Republicans hammered Democrats over the vote, claiming the legislation will pave way for reckless spending as their colleagues press on with plans to advance President Biden's Build Back Better Act. Bernie Bennett in Washington. More of these stories at townhall.com. We remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and guests appearing on Mojo Favo Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo Favo Radio. Supply line interruptions are definitely here to stay, especially given the incredible talent we have working at the U.S. Transportation Department. However, you don't need to fear these interruptions. You can be prepared. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. 
Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past two years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-2142. 800-803-2142. 800-803-2142. That's 800-803-2142. After a long, hard night, I am exhausted. I need something that will stimulate me. That's why I start each day with Ron's sexual chocolate. It really gets me off to work. Find the flavor that stimulates you and gets you off to work at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Welcome back to Hour 2 of American Knock Radio. I'm Ojo 5 and WBM324, the World Broadcast Network. This is Mike Phillip. Got my uh, media talking points from the Washington Times during the network break. So this is what they want you to pay attention to. Senate approved $770 billion uh, National Defense Authorization Act bill awaiting Biden's signature. Nancy Pelosi blames an attitude of lawlessness for rising crime rates. <laughs> She's a genius. Genius, I tells you. Who would have thought that uh, uh, an attitude of lawlessness would uh, result in rising crime rates, huh? Portland business owners turn to other security after police shortages. Uh, that's actually happening here. I know a guy that uh, has a canine company, has canine units for security. In fact, one of my uh, one of my friends works for him. And he actually had dogs over in Afghanistan. He's going to be coming on the show one of these days to talk about that. He said uh, it was worse than what you know the situation in Afghanistan, but he said, I won't discuss it over the phone, but I will come on your show to talk about it. And so you got that to look forward to coming up on American Oc radio over the next little while. Um, his canine service, there's a town called Wetaskiwin, 
right, uh, sitting right next to an Indian reserve called Muscogee's. And the RCMP there don't answer any calls. The crime rate is off the charts. And so the city has actually turned to this guy with these uh, this private security force to uh, keep the crime rate down in the downtown core because the federally tax-funded RCMP don't show up for calls. And so why have an RCMP is the question a lot of people are asking. And, uh, well, you know, earworms. Scientists have named the ultimate earworms. Let's talk about that. We've talked about politics enough. We have a list of 20 official earworm songs, and there's a lot of queen, a lot of queen in there. I've picked mine, all right? Now, I'm going to play mine for you first here, okay? Tell me if this does not get in your brain and wreck the rest of your day. Gong, 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 so long, gong, 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 so long. Alright, that's mine. Because when I was a kid, I did Night Main inside of McDonald's and I got that song in my head and it played over and over and over. Scientists at the University of St. Andrews have named the top 20 official earworms. I guess it's Earworm Wednesday. In a study as to what makes songs addictive. The team of researchers at the University School of Philosophical, Anthropological, and Film Studies also developed a math formula. They uh, actually made up a mathematical formula to explain what makes for an earworm. Researcher Bed Williams said an earworm needs five key components. Surprise! Predictability, rhythmic repetition, melodic potency, and receptiveness. Or how the listener feels about the song. The formula is expressed as receptiveness plus predictability, surprise, plus melodic potency, plus rhythmic repetition. My mother just texted me, my Sharona. Yes, mom, that, that's a terrible, terrible song. The most addictive earworm was named as Queen's We Will Rock You, with the band having three songs in the top 20 alongside Bohemian Rhapsody, and we are the champions. Jingle Bells was the oldest song on the list. In no way casting doubt on the research, the study was carried out for Heinz's new Can Songs TV advertisement. Williams said if you look at the songs which emerged from the research, they all have a distinctive rhythmic fingerprint. If we remove the melody, they're still recognizable by the rhythm alone. Am I getting to you yet? Gone, 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 she be gone so long. Sweating all around the world. Sooner or later, I know we're gonna get her. Talking about my girl. 
All right, so number one, I'm going to go through them here. Queen, We Will Rock You. Farrell Williams, Happy. I hate that song. Queen, We Are the Champions. That song sucks too. The Proclaimers, 500 Miles. Well, you know I'm going to be the man. Village People, YMCA. Ooh, that's bad. Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Europe. It's the final countdown. Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. James Fairpoints, Jingle Bells. That who wrote Jingle Bells? Baja Men. Who let the dogs out? Sigh, Gangnam Style. <laughs> I played that earlier. Wow, it really is Earworm Wednesday. Yeah, who sings this one? Never gonna give you up. Rick Astley. Journeys, Don't Stop Believing. And uh, Mark Ronson's Uptown Funk comes in at number 14. Number 15, Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Uh... Michael Jackson, same same name, basically, beat it. Oh, that was bad. Kaiser Chiefs, Ruby, the Rocky Horror Picture Shows, the Time Warp. I don't know how people got so into the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I really don't. I tried watching it when I was a kid. It was stupid. Megan Trainers, all about the bass. And number 20, the Culture Club, Karma Chameleon. That's another really awful song. You know what? Let's play it. Just in honor of the top 20 earworm songs of all time, number 20, Karma Chameleon by the Culture Club. You're welcome. <laughs> this is such a bad song. in your head all day, you know it. I'm a man without conviction. I'm a man. You are not a man, boy, George. Karma, 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 chameleon. This is so bad. Schlock. Absolute shock. Schlock. And top 40 radio stations all over the country in the 80s played this over and over and over again. And I think I think that Boy George was the, uh, one of the most popular transvestites in the world at that time. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> Canada is talking tough with the USA on trade. That's right. Remember when the when uh, Donald Trump was uh, 
was was a cross between Satan and Hitler because of the trade tariffs on Canada? Huh? Well, turns out that the uh, Biden administration is basically doing the same thing. It's just nobody's upset about it now. Canada's getting tough. Look out, America. <laughs> Nobody can resist the, the fancy socks of Justin Trudeau. I dare you to try. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Joe Biden is looking to bring electric vehicle production back to the United States in a bigger way, and Canada is not happy about it. Not even a little. It was discussed in the Oval Office last month, but Canada is turning up the pressure on the U.S., pushing for a pullback on the protectionist American electric vehicle tax. Late Friday, Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland and International Trade Minister Mary Ng wrote a letter to a number of influential American senators saying if the proposed tax becomes law, Canada will impose retaliatory tariffs on the U.S. It will include the auto sector, but it will include other uh, other areas of uh, U.S. exports to Canada that will face increased uh, tariffs. And many- I got to pause it right there. Canada, 80% up, 80% plus of Canada's GP, GDP is business with the United States of America. It is not in Canada's best interest to get into a trade war with the United States. Okay. It's just not. We believe the U.S. tax violates the terms of the trilateral trade agreement known as CUSMA. It's an incentive to consumers to buy American-built electric cars. Three-quarters of Canadian-built cars go to the U.S., so that incentive would make our cars more expensive. It's, you know, potentially catastrophic for our industry. Would you go to a dealership and buy the same car for 12500 more to make some other country's citizens happy? I mean, I wouldn't. The dispute brings back bad memories of the tit-for-tat tariff battle of 2018 when then-President Donald Trump imposed tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum. Ah, and I remember at the time, Canadian media was freaking out. Oh, this is terrible! We've got to get rid of Trump. And actually, the Canadian media was working in overdrive to convince Canadians that... uh, Joe Biden would be better for Canadian interests. So, you know, you uh, waded into something that wasn't your business, and now you have Joe Biden, and now, (laughs) hey, you got what you wanted. What are you upset for? Our government responded with targeted taxes on things like playing cards and whiskey. A year later, both sides ended the tariffs. However, now... Canada is preparing another list. While Canada doesn't Uh-oh. want to be here, uh, we certainly need to uh, be prepared to defend our national interests, and that's what this is about. 
It's also about the Biden administration's attempt to keep the American public happy by keeping jobs in the U.S. And some observers believe protectionist policies should be bilateral. Certainly against China and unfair traders, we need to be protectionists. But between Canada and the U.S., we have two countries that are trying to do the right thing. And it doesn't make sense it, to just have blanket protection. This has to be strategic. Part of that strategy is to continue engaging with American lawmakers. Another Canadian delegation will be heading down to Washington next week, hoping to convince the Biden administration to back down on this bill. Robin. Mike Lucature in Ottawa. Thanks, Mike. Way to make America great again, Joe Biden. <laughs> It's really fun. And a lot of this stuff, they, they already know that they don't have a strong position going into it, but they have to pretend for their base that they are somehow talking tough when it comes to America. Well, this is interesting. China is pledging a day of reckoning for U.S. troops accused of war crimes overseas. I wonder what that's going to look like. Are they going to uh, land in the continental United States of America and arrest them? I guess we'll find out, but they're threatening. Chinese foreign ministry let loose on Washington yesterday for refusing to punish U.S. military personnel responsible for a drone strike that killed 10 civilians in Kabul, Afghanistan in August. Ah, U.S. troop atrocity of killing civilians in Afghanistan, unacceptable. It's more outrageous that the U.S. exonerates the perpetrators with impunity on various grounds. Wang Wenbin, Wang Wenbin, a spokesperson for the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs, told Shenzhen TV reporters on Tuesday at a regular press conference. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Uh, China saying that the U.S. is uh, guilty of human rights abuses. And I, I got to say, if uh, a carload of children and a family are killed by a drone strike, yeah, I think somebody should uh, be in trouble over that, right? We've got all these uh, rules of engagements for uh, soldiers on the ground to tie their hands, but uh, you can launch a drone strike on just about anything. We condemn the brutal military intervention by the U.S. in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria in the name of democracy and human rights. We call on the international community to look into the U.S. military's war crimes of killing innocent victims around the world. And hold it accountable, he added. Justice may be delayed, but it will not be denied. Are you scared, America? The era in which the U.S. acted arbitrarily in the world under the pretext of so-called democracy and human rights is over, Wang continued. The day of reckoning will eventually come for the United States military who committed the crime of killing innocent civilians in many countries. You want to hear him talk about it? Here's what he sounds like. Oh, 
更令人无法容忍。当美方在领导人民主峰会上搭台民主人权的时候，那些死于美军枪口下的阿富汗无辜民众却没有人过问，他们家人的冤屈却无处申诉。这就是美。Yeah, you're one to talk Chinese, Charlie. The、uh, officials' comments came after U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin accepted the recommendations of U.S. CENTCOM. Had Kenneth McKenzie and U.S. Special Ops Commander、uh, Leader General Richard Clark not to punish those involved in an August 29th strike that killed 10 civilians, all members of the same family, riding in a car in Kabul on their way to Disneyland. The strike was in response to、uh, Daesh Khorasan terrorist attack against U.S. forces and a crowd of civilians outside the Hamad. Karzai International Airport, where the U.S. and its allies were in the final stages of evacuating from the country as fast as possible. Days earlier, the Taliban had unexpectedly seized the capital without a fight, as the U.S.-backed government fled into exile. Yeah, and and people in the.、Uh, <laughs> Uh, Frank in Pennsylvania over in the chat room says Uyghur rape rooms. Yeah, I mean we've had、uh, Chinese dissidents on the show talking about forced abortions.、Uh, in fact, we had we had a Chinese、uh, dissident on the show last year that talked about how women who have a baby that is not registered with the government with the pregnancy. Uh, a lot of times are forced to sit and stare at their murdered baby in a bucket as punishment for not following government guidelines. These are the guys lecturing America. The Daesh attack killed nearly 200 people, including 13 U.S. service members and an unknown number of Taliban fighters, and injured thousands. The airstrike by MQ-9 Reaper drone was claimed to have targeted a car with a bomb ring for another attack, and to have killed several Daesh fighters. In reality, the car was driven by Zamari Ahmadi, an employee of the U.S. non-governmental organization Nutrition and Education International. That'll show him for working for them.、Uh, he was most likely on a trip to refill water containers for his home. All ten people killed were members of his family. Seven of them children, the youngest of whom was two years old.、Uh, listen, I don't think that America should have been in Afghanistan and Iraq in the first place. Nobody's going to change my mind on that. I mean, what changed, really? Honestly, what what changed in Afghanistan after all that? I offer my profound condolences to the family and friends of those who were killed. Mackenzie said in September, when the findings of a Pentagon investigation were made public, it was a mistake, and I offer my sincere apology. However, Wang isn't the only one to call out the Pentagon's decision. <laughs> Sorry isn't enough. U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar tweeted on Tuesday, quote tweeting a video of Mackenzie's September 17th apology. I don't like this woman. Thousands have been killed in covert, unaccountable drone strikes over the past two decades. We should be demanding accountability for anyone involved in this, and a full inquiry into this and the entire drone program. She added, "The Somali American came to the U.S. in 1995 as a refugee from a civil war that engulfed her home country, which has since become the largest or the target 
of a US, uh, years-long U.S. drone war and covert war. You know what? She could always go back to Somalia, huh? Instead of turning Minnesota into Somalia. She added that whistleblower Daniel Hale, former National Security Agency analyst who revealed America's secret drone war program to the press, was sentenced in July to 45 months in prison. Hmm. Wang. Wang. Also called attention to the hypocrisy of the recent Summit for Democracy hosted by the United States that pointedly excluded China, as well as Russia, and many other states targeted by U.S. foreign policy, which extolled their liberal values and claimed to be under attack by autocracy across much of the globe. Yeah. While the U.S. talked about democracy and human rights at the Summit for Democracy, the innocent Afghan people who were gunned down by the U.S. military, brushed aside by their families, had no place to complain about their grievances, Wang noted. This is the harsh reality brought to the world by the so-called democracy and human rights advocated by the U.S. Yet China is not in a position to lecture anybody on human rights. Nobody. China is a horrible country. Horrible. And I I, I don't blame their people because I've had a lot of uh, friends that are from China here in Canada. In fact, uh, most of Vancouver is made up of uh, people from India, Pakistan, and China. In fact, uh, well, they're taking over, so you might as well learn to like them. But there are some good ones. Uh, I've met some really decent people from China, and there's nobody more anti-communist than former Chinese uh, people that are living in Canada right now. They warn us all the time. You don't want to do what China's doing, but our government here seems to really... In fact, they just approved for Chinese tech company Huawei to move into Canada and set up shop. So, Canada, I predict, will be kicked out of the five eyes. I predict that the U.S. will... uh, Well, it depends on what happens in the next little while with the next election. If Joe Biden stays in, he'll be just fine with Huawei being grounded and rooted into Canada. Uh, But Canada is not your friend, America. It's not. Uh, Maybe when it comes to trade on certain issues, but Canada is not a friend to the United States of America on a government and policy level. The people definitely are. We got to go to a commercial break. We're already halfway through hour two of American Hawk Radio on WBM 324 and Mojo 50. When we come back, I want to get into a speech by Alberta boy Jordan Peterson on American Hawk Radio. Stick around. Recently discovered in a small subsection of the Green New Deal, the United States Air Force is moving away from conventional explosive ordnance. Being considered to replace these terrible weapons are more ecologically friendly weapons, such as cat coolers, to be used like anvils in a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. Recently declassified audio from deep inside Cheyenne Mountain. Tenderville, come quick. The Chinese have taken over the island beachhead. What should we do? Release the cat coolers! The first cat cooler dropped, activated a volcano. 
volcano on impact. The cooler still has ice in it and was used as a life raft by 26 island refugees. China has signaled their unconditional surrender, and it is anticipated that the cat cooler will never again be used in such a destructive way. What? China surrendered, G.I. Joe! No more drop a cat cooler! No coolers were harmed in the making of this ad, but the island is a total loss. Cat coolers does not recommend dropping coolers from planes, but the video is really cool, and it's still illegal to smuggle cat. Catcoolers.com. Catcoolers.com. G'day, mates. Tech Roo here on location in Australia in search of a rare and elusive wild hare. Most think you would find him when the sun don't shine, but we will find him right here in this primitive Aboriginal outback. I would never consider an excursion like this without my Patriot Supply survivor gear in my pouch. No, not that pouch. I don't have a pouch. In my backpack. Besides the four-week emergency food supply kit that's back at home from preparewithmojo50.com, I've got an emergency blanket, my one-size-fits-all poncho, my snake bite kit, and my Alexa Pure Survival Spring Straw. Crikey, there's the wall here now. Ain't he a beaut? What's up, Dad? Find some great deals at preparewithmojo50.com. December 16th, 1773. And now, what really happened at the Boston Tea Party? What are they doing? They're throwing all the king's tea and coffee in the harbor to protest taxation without representation. Do you think we should stop them? I really like my car. Come on, it's not American Pride Roasters. Yeah, that would be a Trevishan mockery. American Pride Roasters, the choice coffee of real American patrons for over 250 years. That's right. Get yours today at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. And cut. I, I don't think APR has been around quite that long, guys. Oh, well, but what we do know for sure is that no APR coffee was thrown into the Boston Harbor in 1773. Hmm, so, therefore, using transitive properties, since they didn't throw any in the harbor, clearly they liked it best. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com. about to get real and you really need a plan and you need people on board there's only one place to be sunday long live radio 5 a.m eastern 10 a.m uk on mojo 50 radio 
America Nuck Radio. I would say the world's most underrated radio shows. America Nuck Radio. This guy, Mike Phillip, is brilliant. I listen to him every day. Love your show. I, I really do. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing what you're doing. America Nuck Radio. Germany's new Chancellor Olaf Scholz is saying there's no red line that they will not cross in order to get their population vaccinated. They'll they'll do anything. Olaf Scholz. Let's just let's call him Dr. Scholz, shall we? Hey. <laughs> Germany's new Chancellor Olaf Scholz has used his first State of the Nation address to call on people to get vaccinated against coronavirus. With Germany struggling to bring a fourth wave under control, Scholz said immunizations were the only way out of the pandemic and promised there would be no red lines for his government in tackling the crisis. It's my job to manage the necessary tasks. I'm responsible for that and it is my top priority. And that is why I would like to repeat my urgent request to all of you, to the citizens. Please help us to accomplish this task. Help us to prevent avoidable suffering. Get vaccinated. Protect your life and the lives of others. Doctors don't know how to cure heartburn. But they're positive that this vaccination is the be-all, end-all. They're, you know, <laughs> cancer, heart disease, blood sugar issues. You know when people got their feet cut off due to blood sugar disorders last year? But nope, everything is COVID. Everything is COVID. And a German chancellor saying that there's no line they will not cross. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds... uh I've heard this before. DW Chief Political Editor Michaela Kufner is in the German Parliament, the Bundestag. She's been following that State of the Nation address. Michaela, we just heard Olaf Scholz there appealing to Germans to get vaccinated. Olaf Scholz. He spoke a lot about the pandemic. What other measures has he proposed to find a way out? Well, first of all, he's called on people to simply get vaccinated. And um, there's already a legal process underway uh, to mandate uh, people who work in hospitals, in care homes uh, to get vaccinated. There's also an intense debate over a general mandate to get vaccinated, a duty to get vaccinated or else face fines. But what he tried here is to really appeal to Germans because he very well knows that he already is right in the middle of his fresh government's a baptism of fire. 
baptism of fire, she just said. <laughs> Over the fourth wave of the COVID pandemic, with his new health minister, Karl Lauterbach himself, a doctor, um, having just uh, spread the word that uh, there wasn't enough vaccine, particularly for the early days of 2022, uh, which is a bit of a shock uh, both to the government, but also to the public who uh, believed that all they need to do is just get vaccinated and that, that if they decide to get vaccinated, there would be enough vaccine there. So that already is a very deep crisis his government is facing with Olaf Scholz vowing to do all it takes to get people's lives back. All it takes. Well, Scholz explicitly addressed the growing protests against coronavirus measures here in the country. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Mm-hmm. We will oppose this tiny minority of haters who attack us all with torch-lit marches, violence and death threats. Haters. A small group of haters that attack us with marches and violent death threats. Talking about people that just don't want to get that shot. Uh, What is wrong with you? No means no. And they're not violent haters. You know, whenever you hear a uh, segment of the population being demonized for their opinions, well, makes me think of Rwanda. Let's go on. With all the means of our democratic constitutional state, our democracy is a robust democracy. Robust. I hate that word. Michaela, does this signal a more hardline approach towards anti-vaxxers? Absolutely. This is a change of gear. Clearly, this signals that the days where the government, regional governments, tried to in, uh, integrate those dissenting voices would be over. Haters. He said that there simply was not a split in German society, that this was a very small minority of people who take an extreme approach on this, and that the, the um, state would act against those who try and intimidate politicians. We've just seen death threats against and actually the police moving into us um, doing some searches this morning because of a death threat against the state premier of Saxony, Kretschmer there. So it's an end to the patience by the government. This is a gradual shift towards less understanding for those who refuse to accept facts. So uh, they're saying that they're not going to uh, go along with any kind of intimidation towards people. And by uh, not going along with any more intimidation, we're going to crack down hard on people that refuse to get vaccinated because they just don't want to. See, they're, they're, they're always guilty of everything they accuse people of. Welcome back to the chat, Digigod. Now, it took the Chancellor more than an hour to get to issues of foreign policy, but what stood out to you there with what he had to say? Yes, clearly timing was an issue. It's a lot longer than any of us anticipated or were told in advance. Uh, he pressed all the standard buttons of an incoming government stressing the transatlantic relationship. He quite clearly stated uh, that uh, Germany's uh, national aim was to uh, have a united Europe, a strong Europe. He also said that uh, Germany and the EU would have to deal with the China that they see and that meant not closing their eyes uh, towards 
towards um, human rights abuses and not mentioning by name the Uyghur minority who are in camps there. Um, right. But he didn't say what the clear action would be. On Russia, he was the most clear cut. There he said that any infringement on borders in Europe would have a cost, a very high cost indeed. What they, that will be, he will have to debate with EU partners in the upcoming EU summit. Uh, finally, Michaela, we're running out of time, but this is the first time in 16 years that a Chancellor's address came from somebody other than Angela Merkel. Did it feel like a fresh start in German politics? Yes, it's an announcement of a massive transformation. It's the promise that all will end well for every individual here in Germany. It's a very tall order with Chancellor Scholz, who was the vice chancellor to Angela Merkel, thanking her particularly for the cooperation and peaceful handover of power. All right, DW Chief Political Editor Michaela Kufner speaking to us from the German Parliament. Thank you very much for your time. Unreal. Germany going to crack down on people and at the same time threatening Russia and uh, China. You know, something's going to give with all of this and it's not going to be pretty when it happens. It's really not. <clears throat> Let's go over to our Jordan Peterson bit here. I think we've said enough about that. Jordan Peterson uh, is actually an Alberta boy. He's from a town called Forhild, which is not that far from where I am. He got uh, faint. Well, I got an international attention when he refused to call a transgendered student at the University of Toronto by their preferred pronouns. Then all of a sudden he exploded in popularity. He was on uh, Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. He was, uh, is that the name of the show? I don't even, I, I don't watch it, but uh, that's what it used to be called. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, he was on Bill Maher. He was on with Joe Rogan. All of a sudden, Jordan Peterson was just everywhere. Uh, our former co-host, Mike in Ottawa, was friends with his daughter, and we were going to have him on American Rock Radio, but he let us down, unlike Rick Astley would never do. But he, uh, in fairness to him, was going to Russia to uh, receive health care because he couldn't get the same level in Canada, the United States. Isn't that something? We got this free health care system in Canada, and Jordan Peterson had to go to Russia. Uh, I grabbed this speech that he made recently because there are a lot of things in it that I agree with. And so let's pick our way through this now, shall we? The Labor Department reported this week a stunning number of Americans quit their jobs in the month of August. Workers are defying the experts who predicted a return to the workforce, with many choosing to walk away, even without a safety net. Cheap labor bubbles finally busted. These stimulus checks that were given out through the course of the pandemic were intended to go to people who were suffering economically. I 
IRS records reveal that apparently 18 billionaires and 250 other people with massive fortunes also were able to get those checks. If you're in a workplace and pathological things are happening, this is easy. I can tell you how you know if pathological things are happening at your workplace or they're happening with you. One of the two, but you can straighten that out. If you're being required to do things that make you weak and ashamed, then stop. Don't do them. Like one of the things I learned from Solzhenitsyn and Frankel was that systems go terribly under, out of control when people don't stop them when they're going mildly out of control. That's been happening for a very, very long time. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Go on, Jordan. You know, and you might say, oh, I should just keep my goddamn head down and shut up. It's like, maybe you should. Like, that's not bad advice. You know, you don't want to make unnecessary enemies and you don't need any more trouble than you need. But you got to ask yourself on a day-to-day basis, what makes you think you're not selling your soul? You know, and... There's so much foolishness going on in the mid-level bureaucratic world now. That's where all the tyranny seems to be focused. And the reason that it multiplies is because sensible people say nothing when they should say something. And what's so strange about that is that there are way more sensible people than people who aren't sensible. They're just not as noisy. I don't know. So let's say something's bugging the hell out of you at work. Well, then you have to prepare to to find another job. That's the first thing you have to do. I don't think that you should find another job, but you should prepare to find another job. And if possible, you should prepare to find a better job. Because if you can't tell someone to go to hell, then you can't negotiate with them. And if if they've got you over a barrel, then you can't say anything. So you've got to set yourself up so you've got some mobility. And actually, that's a really good principle in your life, period. You should set yourself up so that you have a lateral move at hand. And then you should find out, well, are there things at work that are disturbing my soul? You know, and you find that out. First of all, you ask yourself, okay, I'm disturbed at work. Okay, I'm probably weak and deceitful and useless and lazy. You might as well start with that. And then you talk to some people, like your your wife, your friends, your co-workers, and find out, are you stupid, deceitful, and lazy? Or is there something not so good going on at work? And so if you... If you can then eliminate your own personal pathology as a cause of your dissatisfaction, then maybe there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. I, th- I talk about this all the time. There are a lot of people out there that blame Republicans or blame Democrats or liberals or conservatives for their life being terrible. When the fact of the matter is you need to start with the guy in the mirror. Straight up. If you can't control yourself, how are you going to control what other people do? You can't. You have to start with yourself if you're not happy. Most people have an inherent inability to do that, though. And maybe you should say something about it before the whole goddamn thing collapses, because that can happen. It can happen in companies a lot faster than people ever think. You know, and you may find that, well, first of all, you may find if you say something, well, first of all, that's an adventure. That's for sure. That's a bloody adventure. And you have to do it carefully. And, and you have to be prepared for it. But it might be the best thing that ever happened to you. And the other thing is, if you're careful about it, you get your words right. Like, and this is a this is strategic battle, right? It's not something you wander into carelessly. 
then you may find that there's lots of people who feel exactly the same way you do and that you've actually cottoned on to something. You're a canary in a coal mine and not just some like psychopathic mouthpiece. So you got to ask yourself when you go and do what you do, like, is this making you stronger? Is this making you weaker? What do you say to those viewers that don't pursue their dreams and are locked in their careers because they are too afraid to take risks and pursue something mm -hmm. meaningful? Well, the first thing I would say is, well, you should be afraid of taking risks and pursuing something meaningful. But you should be more afraid of staying where you are if it's making you miserable. It's like the first thing you want to do is dispense with the idea that you get to have any, any permanent security outside of your ability to contend and adapt. It's the same issue with children. It's like you're paying a price by sitting there being miserable. You might say, well, the devil I know is better than the one I don't. It's like, don't be so sure of that. The clock is ticking. Yeah, and if you're miserable in your job now and you change nothing, in five years you'll be much more miserable and you'll be a lot older. But isn't so, it a luxury to pursue what is meaningful? Our viewers have mortgages, they have children, yeah. they have payments and loans. It's well, a luxury to pursue because we, we lack the resources. Well, I don't think, I don't remember now, I'm not talking about what makes you happy. It's a luxury to pursue what makes you happy. It's a moral obligation to pursue what you find meaningful. And that doesn't mean it's easy. It might require sacrifice. If you need to change your job too, let's say you have a family and, 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 and children and, and a mortgage, you have responsibilities. You've already picked up those responsibilities. You don't just get to walk away scot-free and say, well, I don't like my job, I quit. That's no strategy. But what you might have to do is you think, well, this job is killing my soul. All right, so what do I have to do about that? Well, I have to look for another job. Well, no one wants to hire me. It's like, okay. Maybe you need to educate yourself more. Maybe you need to update your, your curriculum vitae, your resume. Maybe you need to overcome your fear of being interviewed. Maybe you need to sharpen your social skills. Like, you, you have to think about these things strategically. If you're going to switch careers, you have to do it like an intelligent, responsible person. And so I would say you have an ethical responsibility as a citizen to forthrightly confront creeping tyranny no matter where it occurs. And part of what we're learning, I would say, from these stories, if we're learning anything at all, is that if you're aimed at the good, which is a question you really got to ask yourself, you know, if you're genuinely aimed at the good, then take heart because you're a lot stronger than you think. If you get your words right, and you have something to say, there'll be an impact of those words. It might not be the impact that you would choose. But the, but the other thing you got to tell people is, pick your poison. You don't, you, you may be in a situation where you don't have a, you don't have a cakewalk to the garden of paradise. You got tyranny or famine. Those are your choices. But you get to pick which one you have. And I would say if, if you're being oppressed, and I mean in your soul, by what you're required to swallow at work, well, you think you're not paying a price for that? You got no self-respect, and, 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 and rightly so. But worse than that... You could be a Mojo 5.0 host, it could always be worse. You're an agent of your own destruction. You're destroying your own ideal, and you're letting people who are weak and corrupt win. And if you stood up and, and stood up properly, but you have to put yourself in order to do this, at least to some degree, right? You can't do it casually. You have to do it from some position of preparedness and strength. Then what makes you think you couldn't scare them back into the corners? And that would be a good thing. And, you know, the alternative 
personally is bad because there's a psychological degeneration that goes along with it. I've seen this with many, many of the people that I work with who have been tyrannized in the workplace to the absolute detriment of their psychological and physical health, right? To the point of collapse, confronting these crazy, crazy things when they were sensible people. Um, that's a terrible price to pay, man. Like it's, it's a bad price. And then if the foolishness isn't dealt with at the local level, when it's still relatively trivial, then it will multiply until it's dealt with at the social level. And we're seeing signs of that already. Problems that aren't solved multiply and soon people fight. And you know, better to argue than to fight. Unless you want to fight. And some people want to fight. And I can understand why, but I wouldn't recommend it because that doesn't lead good places. It really doesn't lead good places. So I say you have a duty. Maybe that's that's why you stand up. It's because you have a goddamn duty to stand up and say says that a lot. Just say what you have to say. You don't even have to be trying to make a point exactly or trying to get something done. It's like, this is how it looks to me. That's what that guy at Google did. He wrote this memo and he said, I talked to him today. He said, well, he went to a diversity training seminar and he thought, no, I don't agree with that. And so then they asked for feedback. So we wrote this document a month ago. This was written a month ago. Got no real response to it. Well, it bounced around inside Google until a lot of people you know, got interested in, then it escaped into the outside world. But all he was doing was, he was told a bunch of things he didn't think were true. He wrote down a bunch of things he thought were probably true. He launched that out and said, well, I think these things are probably true. It's like, well, probably they're true. Well, so he paid a price for it, but maybe we'll see what sort of price he paid for it, man. It's gonna be a lot tougher in two years than he was two years ago. So back to the personal. Like, you need to say what you think because that's where you come from, right? And if you don't say what you think, then you kill your unborn self. That's what you do. That's what Cain did when he killed Abel. And that's why his punishment was unbearable. You know, you have things in you that are struggling to come to the light. That's the truth you need to utter. And you need to utter that truth because without that truth, you cannot live in the world because the world's real and you need truth to live in the world. And if you stifle your truth, well, how, how can that be anything but something that brings about hell? How could it be any other way? So you think, well, why should you speak up? That's easy, because the consequences of not speaking up, although delayed, are far worse. That's the reason. That's the reason. If, if, if it can't be courage, it could at least be prudence. I'm very fortunate because I am in a position where I get to say exactly what I think every day, which might be illegal in the UK soon. <laughs> In the dying minutes of hour two of American Huck Radio, posted over at AmericanHuckRadio.com, British police have been given a new toolkit to fight back against an epidemic of misogyny and sexual harassment with acts such as leering and wolf whistling being included in a list of prosecutable misdemeanors. On Wednesday, the British College of Policing issued a guide for officers to help them deal with Sexual harassment against women. 
Well, yeah, it's definitely not happening in the UK police. The document encourages cops uh, to pursue prosecution under public order laws for singular offenses and charging under a 1997 Harassment Act when an individual repeatedly engages in behavior, which includes catcalling and wolf whistling. Ow, 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 ow. See, I could have just gone to jail for that if I was in the UK. Oh, this is so stupid. The police have also been told to take preventative measures such as public space protection orders and criminal behavior orders, which prevent people from visiting prescribed public spaces. (laughs) Officers have been advised to pursue criminal charges or apply preventative strategies for a list of offenses, including curb crawling, cornering, and upskirting. No upskirting. What's all this then? I caught you upskirting, I did, as well as leering and persistent staring. Uh, Viewing pornography in public is also included. So stop it. Officers have been advised to pursue criminal charges or apply preventative strategies for a list of offenses. Yeah, yeah, we read that. Chief Constable Andy Marsh, chief executive of the College of Policing, said in a statement there was an epidemic of industrial-level violence and harassment against women Some 1.6 million offenses against women are recorded every year. And now you know that. So I'm looking at the time, and uh, we're definitely out of it. Stick around for more great programming on Mojo 5.0. I think Battle for Freedom with Watson Prunier is coming up for a second time today. That's right. You get to hear Watson Prunier twice. Because it's the best show on Mojo 5 Best we have to offer. Uh, Ron, if you're interested in American Rock Radio going a third hour so you don't have to have uh, Watson replays every day, call me. I'll do it just for that. <laughs> just messing with you, Watson. American Rock Radio will be back tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O.